going to go to 1 Corinthians 13, 11 because that's where we um, actually left off a couple of weeks ago. And this is one of those verses that everybody knows, right? Everybody knows about this. So uh, I think he's going to put it up here on the screen and we're going to read this again. And then we're going to go into what we're, what we're talking about today. And it says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man... I put away childish things. Now, we're not going into to a lot of the context there because we've already been there for the past two or three Sundays. But when we were a child, we spoke as a child, we acted as a child, and when we put away childish things, that's when we became a man, right? So what does that tell you right there is God expects for believers to grow. God expects for you to spiritually grow up. I uh, was talking to, to a couple here this morning that said he, he knows that he needs to be in church more than one time a week. And so they go to another church on Wednesday nights. And some people think, man, Pastor Mark's going to get mad at us because we go to another church on another night. Guys, that is the farthest thing from the truth. You need to find the Word of God everywhere. And when we don't have the time or the building uh, to have two or three services and youth services and things like that, you need to find a place where the Word of God is spoken. Don't just take your kids somewhere where you can just have a break from them. And you don't know what's going on. If you're taking them somewhere else, you make sure that that is where the Word of God is being spoken. You don't have to go to this church to be born again. Amen? <laughs> I know that's something that you don't hear from a pastor. But guys, there are other churches out there that are good, and place, good places to learn. Good places to grow. But this, this is where we want to be. Amen? Amen. So God expects us to, to grow up. We come to Him as a child and we grow and then we no longer think as a child. We actually come to Him as a child. That's what we talk about when we say childlike faith. You come to God as a child. I mean, you've, you've just got to believe in Him. When you were born again, you just, man, you put all other things aside and you said, yeah, you know, I believe in you. I believe in your Son. And we've said time and time again, there is no other way into heaven, no matter what you've been taught, but through Jesus Christ. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't climb a ladder into heaven. And listen, just because you may be good all your life and you go to church all your life doesn't mean that you're born again. Doesn't mean that you're going to heaven. Now, this is old stuff, I know, but sometimes we have to be told this, reminded, because there is only one way into heaven, which is Jesus Christ. So whatever you were taught... In the past, I'm just going to be good, I'm just going to go to church, I'm just going to give. None of those things mean you're saved. Well, amen. So we can go on, right? One of the greatest problems of the early church and still today is that Christians are not being trained to grow up, but only to maintain. Churches have become maintenance churches. Just as long as we keep you in church, you will be all right. Just as long as we teach you to do certain things in your life, just so long as that's not what the Bible teaches. We are to be taught to grow. We, ought to be, we are to be taught to spiritually grow. And the thing is, guys, sometimes spiritual growth hurts. Man, spiritual growth hurts. Now let's go right out and say right now, that whether you ever grow up spiritually, whether you ever live for the plan that God has for you, the first thing is, is if you're born again, you began that plan. And if you never do anything else, you're still born again. 
Don't ever tell anybody because they're mean, because they cuss, because they don't go to church, because they don't give, because they don't act like you do that they're not saved. It is not your responsibility to tell someone that they're born again or not. Well, Mark, are you saying that I can live just how I want to? You will make the choice whether to live for God or not. But the thing is, how you live doesn't mean whether you're saved or not. So we found out over the past few years that we have just a kind of a diversity in here of people. We found out that, that the Bible never says that the homosexual cannot be saved. Are you hearing me? The homosexual cannot be born again because that is simply not true. If that were the case, and I could just tell the rest of you, those of you who are not living exactly right, that you are not born again either. And then what will happen is, is we won't have anybody left in church. The guy up on stage will have to get down because none of us are living exactly right. And God does not categorize one person from the other. Well, amen. So let's get off our high horse. Let's get off our religious type of thinking and say, oh, don't start looking at people saying, oh, they're not born again. They're not, you know, Michael, Michael Firebach, man, he's kind of mean. He's kind of, he, he looks mean. He's, he's, he can't be, Michael Firebach is born again, just like I am, just like Destiny is, just like Crusher is. How can anybody with the name of Crusher be born again? Huh? Oh. Well, so when I was a child, I thought like a child. I reacted to people like a child. But when I grew up, I put away those childish things. And then I put love in its place. So we're not out there judging people. We're not out there telling people if they live like us and everything will be all right. We're growing up. We're growing up and then we're becoming, as we're growing up, we're becoming a witness. How many of you know that you're a witness whenever you step out the door? Come on now. How many of you just, just, that just blew you away? No, no. Please don't tell me I'm a witness. Yes, you're a real Jehovah's witness. Amen. I mean, a real one. Come on. You're God's witness. You're Christ. You're Jesus Christ's witness. You're not some cult out there. You're a real witness. So it's time for us to grow up. Let me share with you real quick before all of you lose five pounds from sweating in church. Let me share with you real quick this morning three spiritual dangers of remaining a spiritual child. Are you ready? Yeah, some of you may want to write this down because you'll want to ponder on it all week. Number one, having an attitude that it's everyone's fault but yours. You know, I feel like I'm repeating myself. I think, I feel like we've gone over this over and over again, but every time God gives me something, I just say, you know, maybe we need it three or four times. I, I don't know. Number one, spiritual, the spiritual danger of every, it's everyone's fault but yours. Hmm. Oh, come on, that's good. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. A Christian who is always, uh, is everybody listening? Did I lose anybody? Is anybody on their phone playing games? Put it down. Put it down. A Christian who is always complaining about how church is going, how people are acting, how disorganized things are, these are immature Christians. They got real quiet in here. If you like to complain about the pastor, 
If you complained about the pastor this week, if you complained about the music, if you complained about how things are going, if you complained about people just don't get things done, if I was in charge, things would get done. No, nothing would get done because you're griping too much to get anything done. <laughs> you guys love me this morning, amen? Mm. So those who complain... As, as, what's that gal that's on the radio? She's always saying, if you complain, you will remain. Who is that? Can't remember her name. If you complain, you will remain. And how truthful that is. If you keep complaining and griping about the things going on around you, if you keep complaining about your spouse, what? If you complain about the, your job, Get back now. I feel darts being thrown at me now. Come on. If you complain about those things and then get on social media and complain more. You know how I love Facebook. It's one of my favorite places. Amen. If you complain, you will remain. You'll just stay where you're at. Stop, stop griping. Stop complaining. You know, you know, listen to old Paul, Paul, Pastor Paul, Paul up here this morning. If you quit griping, you won't remain where you are in your marriage, in your job. Okay, let's go on. They generally have a victim mentality that it's everyone else's fault. Everyone treats them bad. And if they were running things, everything would go so much smoother. I mean, everything, they would, if they could just run things, everything would go great. Actually, they would run the church in the ground. Got to get my chair a little closer. I got too far. I can't even see my own right. Number two. Overlooking the needs of others. I don't know what has happened over the years, but fewer and fewer believers believe that it's even important to do anything for anybody else. They think that it's not important to be around other believers. I don't know what it is. We need to turn that around, folks. I mean, we are the ones that can turn that around. Amen. Can, can I talk to you for a minute sure. then? Since you're, since you're looking at me like with, oh, most of you are smiling at me still. You know, when you, when you get out of here and you take off and church is over and you're gone and you don't talk to anybody, you don't fellowship with anybody, you're not making friends. <laughs> you see, church is about fellowship. It is. It really is. And when you're not fellowshipping, you're not making the right kind of friends. Or either you don't like your church people. Or either you don't like your church. Well, you guys don't go to the same place I want to. You don't eat at the same... You know, you need to get over yourself. And learn how to fellowship. Yeah. I mean, I'm really a nice guy to be around sometimes. <laughs> I am getting some looks up here on this second row that you guys just would not believe. And he, she is having to fan him. <laughs> In many churches, you will find that 10%, listen to this, that 10% or less of the income goes to missions outside the walls. Even though we are a church without walls, less than 10% of what comes into a church goes outside the walls. Instead, the bigger percentage goes to a nicer building, a nicer playground, a gym, or some bigger, better thing 
for the home church itself. This is not what the Word of God teaches how we should be with God's money. Now, given, it's nice to have, it's nice to have a, good, a nice building and it's nice to have a playground for the kids, but it's, do you guys realize that, that well, I, I guess I don't need to say this, but except for those who may not have been here for the past several months, is, is this is just not the church. This, is, this building is just not the church. So we need to be careful the, the time we spend and the money we spend on it because the church is when you walk out the door of these walls. See, that's what the church is. Now I have to agree with, with some of you in here, you need to be in church. And when you start missing, you start, you start seeing some things that you, need, that you need to get back into. But see, God communes with you everywhere you go. This is a place where, where you should be lifted up and where you should be, where you should be learning. And you, when you walk out the doors, you're saying, yeah, man, that is me. And I'm, I'm going to get out there and I'm going to do better. I'm gonna, I am going to be a witness. Amen. But man, God just loves me the way I am. And I'm just, I'm just growing. I am, man. I'm just growing. And so are you. And God's going to guide me the whole way. Do I miss it every now and then? Do I backfire? Yes, I do. How many of you backfired in here every now and then? All right, well, let's just go on. Fewer and fewer Christians see the need to give of their time and finances. It's no doubt the American church has adopted what it's called, it's all about me. We've got an attitude, if it's all about me, if somebody doesn't come up to me and talk to me today, I'm going to feel sorry for myself. If, if nobody talked to me today, Wayne didn't talk to me this morning. And I'm pretty upset because I kind of like talking to Wayne. Coonrod didn't say a word to me. I'm going to be mad and I'm telling my wife this afternoon that I'm not coming back next Sunday. Let me, let me explain something to you. As I explained before, you have to get out there. You can't sit your fanny on that seat. And expect for people to come over to you and say, you know, if you're new, uh, you know, Kevin and Debbie are back there. You guys better be hugging on them. If I don't see you hugging on them, I'm going to come back and I'm going to give you a big bear hug. Amen? When you see somebody new, the Harlans give, Charles is one of those that likes hugs. <laughs> Wayne, don't, you know, don't miss. Give him a hug when he, he don't. You know, I'm just kidding, Charles. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. We've been around together for a long time, but... You need to show people who you are. You need to show people that, that, that you love them, man, no matter what. Don't be putting people in categories. Amen? So, make me happy and I'll come back to your church. Give me a great kids program and we'll be there. Half the people that put their kids in a kids program have no idea what's being taught to them behind those walls. Now I'm getting ready to finish up here. You guys are still okay, aren't you? As long as you keep my happy, I'll come back. I'll keep coming back. As long as the pastor doesn't talk about anything that I'm doing, I'll keep coming back. That is a non-growing attitude. Non-growing attitude. And I will tell those of you who've been in church all your life. There's some of you who've been in church all your life. You are the ones who are supposed to be helping to bring those up who are new. Who are new in the body. You're the ones that are supposed to be the witnesses. You're the ones that are, you know, I'm putting responsibility on you. Oh, man. 
I'm putting responsibility on you. I'm putting responsibility on me. That's who we are. That's what we're supposed to be doing. This is one of them feel-good sermons, isn't it, Terrence? Come on, Terrence, give me an amen. Thank you, Terrence. They're helping you over here on the, on the left side. Finally, number three, the majority of Christians are making the decision not to grow up spiritually. We're just deciding not to. It's too painful. There's some things that i got to let go of. There's some things that you're telling me that I can't do. Guys, me or anybody else, we cannot tell you how to live. I cannot stop you from doing anything, nor should I even try. I can, I can sit up here, I can stand up here, and I can show you the Word, and then you have to make the decisions. Let me tell you something. Still listening? You have no reason to feel sorry for yourself. <laughs> oh, really? Well, half of you took it. Let me tell this one over here, because he's over here. Didn't he? You have no reason to feel sorry for yourself. I mean, there's no reason at all. I mean, really, honestly, I know we have some crazy things going on in politics, but you still live in the greatest country in the world. I mean, there are some great places out there. I've, I've been to two or three of them, and, and some of you probably have too, but I would rather not live. I, I, I want to live here rather than anywhere. Even if Hillary gets in, amen? <laughs> well, whoever. This is still my country. This is still my country. This is still yours. And you know, one person up in that White House is not going to make the difference that, that these hundred people can in this church. No, really. You have no reason to feel sorry for yourself. You decide who you hang around. You decide how you spend your money. You even decide what job you take. So don't be complaining. Guys, just, just, a, just a word of advice to those of you who really hate your insurance. Do not be complaining about your insurance because you might not have any at all. It's just, just a growing up thing right here. When we start complaining, especially those of you who aren't paying for your insurance and you're complaining about it, you know what? If you have to wait six hours in that waiting room, you ought to thank God for what you have. Thank you. At least three people thought so. It is not up to the church to raise your child. Oh, my goodness. It is not up to the church to raise your child in the ways of the Lord. Guess what? It's yours. So just because your kids are the brattiest bunch that you've ever seen, and we've got some bratty ones in here, amen? Not Just not yours. You are responsible for your child. You, you I am responsible for my children. Guys, I've told you time and time again, we've got one in prison and he's going to be there till next year. Did we do some wrong things with him? Yes, we did. But did we learn from him for the next three? Yes, we sure did. But when he got old enough to find out, make the decisions on his own, he made some pretty poor decisions on his own. Amen? Just like we are right now. You make your own decisions. You make your decision to get up on Sunday morning. You make your decision to get up for work. You make your decision what church to go to. You make your decision to grow. It's not the pastor's job to make you grow. It's not your pastor's job to 
lure you around and hit you with his cane or, uh, you know, or whip you down, you are, you are responsible for the way you live. And when we find that out, when we truly understand that we're responsible for what we do, woo it may not be a happy day, but you start learning. And you start saying, well, maybe I shouldn't hang around those people. I can go ahead and love them from a distance. Maybe I shouldn't do those things that I'm doing. Maybe, but you know what? That's your choice. That's your choice. And as messed up as I may be, as messed up as you may be, talking to somebody again this morning, he said, I've been in prison four times and that's enough. <laughs> that's the most awesome thing I heard today. It's enough. It's time to turn around. Some of you have been in prison longer than that. Prison of your own mind. Prison of your own thoughts. Prison of your... It's time to... Man, it's time to get out of prison and stay. But it's your choice. Amen. Woo. So finally, we're going to end with this. Ephesians 4. And he's going to start at 8. Now watch this. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. So when Jesus left, you know, he ascended... That's when the gifts began. Amen? Right. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. We don't have time to talk about all this right now, but, but these, are, these are good things to study. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fulfill or fill all things. It's because of what Jesus has done for us is what we are today. Amen. I mean, listen, if you're born again... You are because of Jesus Christ. No other reason. Mary did not do it for you. No, she really didn't. She was a great, wonderful woman. Joseph was a wonderful man. Because in that time, if, your, if the woman was pregnant and you didn't know who the father was, they would stone her. He was a wonderful man. You got to give him credit. Got to give him kudos, right? And he himself gave some to be apostles. Everybody say Apostles. And some prophets. Everybody say prophets. prophets. And some evangelists. Let me hear evangelists. Evangelist. And then finally pastors and teachers. Woo! We've got all these things going on in the church. Or do we? You see, this is a, this is a Holy Spirit-led church. And some people don't like that word because we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in all that. We believe in the gifts. And personally, I don't care if you don't like it because that's just the way we, that's just the way we are. That's the way I believe the, the God teaches and that's the way we'll do it. That's the way the Word teaches. So, for equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Here it goes. Right here. Come on now. I still got your attention. I'm going to close with this. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. How many of you realize you may not be perfect now, but you're getting there. When you leave this world, you're not taking any imperfection with you. Hallelujah. Come on. Give them a shout because that's where we're going. I mean as imperfect and as crazy and as stupid as I am sometimes. I'm not taking it with me. 
Man, I am on my way to heaven. I am shouting victory. I'm on my way. Remember that old song? You're on your way to heaven. You're shouting victory. If you're born again, God's still working on you right now. No matter what anybody's told you, no matter what has been said to you, no matter what the devil tells your mind, if you're born again, you're born again. You're saved. Man, that's the greatest decision you will ever make. Now, you make the decision to let the Lord work on you. To become the witness that he has called you to be. How many of you want to be the witness God has? How many of you know that there are people out there waiting for you to talk to them? There are people out there waiting to see what you would do in a circumstance that they can't figure out how to get out of. There are some people that are in prison today waiting to get out, waiting for somebody who has been in the same position, in the same place to show them there's something better. Don't you ever tell me or anybody else, well, I'm just as pitiful as could possibly be because this is just the way I was. My mama was the same way. Your mama, the way she was, or your daddy doesn't make any difference how you are today. Because you made the decision to grow up. Woo, amen. Come on, stand up with me. Woo, that was good, wasn't it? Thank you, Lord. Come on. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you this morning for what you've given us today. Father, we're a church, we're a body that we want to grow. We want to spiritually get to where we're going. But Father, most of all, we know that we're born again. Hallelujah, we're going to heaven. We're shouting victory right now because victory is ours. We're not waiting for victory to happen. Victory is already here. Those of us who've gotten bad reports, we say, no, I'm shouting victory right now because I've already, I've already won. I've already won. It doesn't matter what anybody said to me. I can leave this world today. I've already won. I'm shouting victory right now. That's just, that's who I am. Father, we thank you and we praise you again for what you've done. Thank you for your son, Jesus. All that he did and he ascended up on high. But before he did that, he went down into the depths of hell and took the keys to the kingdom of heaven and brought them back up just for people like me. Father, and I receive that right now in Jesus' name. If you receive that right now, just put your hands down. I receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And all the people said... Amen. Now, the most important thing is there's anybody in here that is not born again, that you have not received Jesus as your Savior, I wish that you would come right up to me right after the service and let me and Gina pray with you because that's the most important decision that you will ever make. Amen. Don't leave this building without Jesus being your Savior. Are you ready to get out of here like we always get out of here? Are you ready to show these people that this is the first time they've been here in a long time what we do at the end of every service because this is who we are? Are you ready to repeat after me? Here we go. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a brand new creation in Him. I have now approached the presence of God with no condemnation of sin. Now I have the mind of Christ. Therefore, what belongs to Him? Come on, let me hear you. Give me a shout one more time. 